the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. I want to invite your attention to the Gospel of John, John chapter 5. We'll begin our reading at verse number 1. And the word of the Lord reads like this. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is a, in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water and Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Pray with me this morning. Father, we need you on today that you might speak clearly in our midst a word of life, a word of hope, a word of salvation and deliverance. God, if there's anybody that does not know you in the pardon of their sin, it is my prayer on this morning that you would speak clearly to their hearts that they might ask, what must I do to be saved? Pray, God, that you would draw them out of the darkness and into the marvelous light, cause them to realize that you are waiting on them that they might come to you, and you've done all that is necessary for them to be saved. Father, there's others who are drifting in their relationship and in their fellowship with you. It's my prayer on today that you would, Lord God, draw them back into fellowship with you, cause them to return and to renew the broken fellowship, that they might have peace and rest for their soul. Spirit of the Lord, I'm praying that in the midst of our time on this morning, that you would edify this body, that you would speak, Lord, in such a way that we might be encouraged, that we might be enlightened, that our direction for day-to-day activities and movements might be clearer as we deal with circumstances in this world. Spirit of the Lord, 
above and beyond all of my requests on this morning, I pray that your name would get all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. I stand in need of you, Lord, for I am just a vessel of clay. And I'm yielded to you that you might use me in a way that honors you. So speak clearly, Lord, through these lips of clay and allow my mind to have clear thought, my lips to speak as the oracle of God, that every man, every woman, every boy, every girl might hear from you clearly. Speak now, God, and you will be glorified. It's in Jesus' name that I pray with thanksgiving and expectation and all the people of God said together, amen. Amen. Katerin, we've been on a journey preaching through a series of messages entitled Divine Encounters Around the Water and at the Wells. We started our journey in Mark chapter 5. We spoke there from the subject matter, deliverance by the water. Secondly, we were in Luke chapter 8, and we spoke there from the subject matter, peace on a stormy sea. Last week when we were together, I spoke to you in John chapter 4. And we spoke there from the subject matter, grace at the well. Today, I want to talk to you from the subject matter, healing at the house of mercy. The events of our text on today will take place around a pool called Bethesda. Bethesda is translated house of mercy. I think it's important as well to note that this pool of Bethesda is located The text says, by the sheep gate. And a sheep gate is the place where the sheep enter into the pen. But interestingly enough, it is also what Jesus identifies himself as in John chapter 10, verse 7. He says, I am the door of the sheep. We have this pool of water, and water is uh, symbolic of or representative of cleansing and refreshing and healing and life and quencher of our thirst. This pool of Bethesda that's in the, the house of mercy located next to the sheep gate that's filled with refreshing water cleansing water, healing water. And it is here at this place of all these combined events that all come together where there's going to be a divine encounter uh, where healing will take place at the house of mercy. The text opens up by telling us that there is a multitude of sick people waiting. And it even gives you some of their infirmities, blind and lame and paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Now, the text is going to tell us when, where, and it's going to tell us why they're waiting. So let me just kind of open this up a little bit. It's in verse number one. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem there. They're waiting during a time when it is the time of the feast of the Jews, which means all the Jews who have any credibility in their faith as a Jew will show up at the house of God. Now, now, now let me show you something else. It's going to tell me where they were waiting to. They're waiting at this pool. Where are they? They're in Jerusalem because that's what Jesus went up to. They went up to Jerusalem and they're in Jerusalem where, where 
by the sheep gate. It's the house of mercy in Jerusalem. It's at the pool of Bethesda, which is located just outside the entrance of the temple. There's a great multitude of people who have come to Jerusalem and they're waiting at the pool of Bethesda, the house of mercy. And the house of mercy is just outside the door of the temple. All these people who come to worship have to pass by the pool where a great multitude of sick people are to go into the temple to worship. And the pool is by the sheep gate, which is the entryway where the sheep go into the pen. But it's also the place Jesus said, I am. And in the midst of all of that, I think it interesting that this man who's sick says, I don't have anybody to help me. All the people came into the church, past all the sick people who were sick, who needed help getting in the water, but nobody helped them. And they were right by Jesus, the sheep gate. It is believed that an angel comes down and stirs the water. And when the water is stirred, whoever steps in first wins the healing lottery. That, that's why they're there. They are at the house of mercy, right beside the sheep gate, at the entrance to the temple, waiting on a lottery so that they can be made well. Motsu waiting for the moving of the water for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, the reason why I say it is perceived that an angel stirred up the water is because there is no theological, biblical, historical proof that it was an angel stirring up the water. To me, now, I'm just, I'm just talking honestly, it doesn't seem like the character of God to operate that way. Now, like I said, for the purpose of, if you just, if we want to accept the hook, line, and sinker, let's just say that's how it's working. But there's a great multitude of people who have bought into this. They're at a pool that is filled with water and the pool is right in front of the entrance to the house of God and is right beside the gate of God and they're waiting on movement of water. I'm I'm just going to say maybe their focus for waiting is wrong. So there's this great multitude of people at the house of mercy right beside the sheep gate who have, uh, instead of them seeking healing in the one who has living water, they're seeking healing in the stirring of the water. And and they want to be first to get in the water. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been there for in that condition for a long time. The man who is 
has this infirmity. We don't know what his infirmity is, but he's had it for 38 years. For 38 years, he's been dealing with this infirmity. We don't know how long he's been at this pool. We don't know how many times he's been to the pool, but we do know he's been there before because he says every time the water moves, I try to get in, but somebody beats me there. So we know he's had some experience at the pool that either the pool is not allowing him to be in first or either even when he does get in, it still doesn't provide the healing that he really wants. Y'all still here? But while he's at the pool, Jesus is watching him. Out of all the people who have come to Jerusalem for this feast day, and there's a multitude, there's a great multitude of them who are sick and are at the pool, but there's a greater multitude of them who have passed by them and gone into the temple. And while Jesus is amongst those who are moving to go into the temple, instead of him being distracted by what's going on getting into the temple and all the pushing and shoving getting into the temple, Jesus is watching this man who is sick by the water. I love this because while everybody else is not paying attention to the ailment of the sick, Jesus is. While church people don't notice that you have lost 50 pounds and it wasn't a diet that you're on and you're sick. While church people who are rushing to get in have not realized that that you can't walk the way you used to walk or that you now need a wheelchair and they breeze and blow past you and even let the door go on you while you're coming up in your wheelchair while you've got people like that that are rushing to get into the house Jesus is watching you When nobody else seems to know what's going on in your life and nobody else seems to be paying attention and you feel like you're going through it all by yourself. I want you to know Jesus is watching you. God sees what you're going through and knows your issue and knows your infirmity. He knows your sickness. Jesus has been watching. He knows what's going on. He's watching this man by the water. And he's he's paying attention to him and he knows he's been in this condition for a long time. And in the same way as he's watching him, he's watching you and he's watching me. Can I talk to somebody real quick? You know how the the pain of the issue that you have and the infirmity that you have, because all of our infirmities are not always physical. You know, all of my, all of your infirmities might not be, you know, a lip, a crippleness or lameness or blindness. We have other types of infirmities that we have to deal with. Well, in that midnight hour when everybody else is asleep and you turn over on your pillow and you meditate on that infirmity and you, you, you pray and, and you don't see anything happening and you've done all you can. In that moment, it feels like you're all alone. I I need to encourage you. Jesus is watching. He, He sees you. He sees you wrestling inside, trying to encourage yourself. Trying to to not let go. Trying to not throw in the towel. Trying to not... Walk away from your faith. He sees you struggling. But but watch this. And, and, and I hear, but, but why won't he do something? Because he knows struggle is strengthening you. If you don't struggle, you don't get strong. No pain, no gain. 
And so he's watching you and he's, he's spotting you, Lord, help me God. You've got the weight, it feels like it's too heavy, but he's standing there spotting you in case it gets too heavy, he'll lift it up off of you. So Jesus is, is, is watching and, and he's watching this, this man at the pool of Bethesda, the house of mercy that's beside the sheep gate that's in front of the door to the temple. And as Jesus comes, he sees the man that he's been watching. And then what happens next is mind-boggling. For Jesus sees this man, and verse 6, the latter part, it says Jesus saw him there. He knew he'd been there a long time in that condition. He said to him, do you want to be made well? That's the question, because we have to address this question. Can I talk to you this morning? Everybody who comes to the house of mercy doesn't want to be made well. Everybody who goes to the hospital does not want to be made well. I've been in a hospital and I've been through the cancer ward and I've watched cancer patients walk off the ward and go outside and smoke cigarettes while they're in the hospital being treated for cancer. I've watched people in the uh, internal medicine uh, and just general hospital place have their friends sneak in alcohol and fried chicken while they're in the hospital dealing with high blood pressure, high cholesterol, just got your leg amputated, and they're talking about taking more, and they're still taking in more of what got them there in the first place. Everybody in the hospital didn't come there to be made well. Some folk just came to have their pain pacified. Lord, help me, God. Some people who come to church, they don't come to be made well. They've just come to have their pain pacified. Do you want to be made well? And this question is powerful, not only in the sense that it puts, it puts the, 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 the screws to your purpose. Why are you here? Lord, help me, God. But it's powerful in that the person it comes from has power to answer the question. When Jesus, who is the creator of the world, the one who holds all the power in his hand, when he who who stood on nothing and spoke everything into existence, asked the question, do you want to be made well? Well, there's power in the question. And it puts screws to your purpose because why are you here in the house of mercy if mercy is not what you want? Do you want to be made well? Sick man answered him and said, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. While you're in Jerusalem at the healing pool beside the sheep gate 
at the entrance of the temple and God himself is speaking to you and ask you, do you want to be made well? You, you're going to tell him about the excuses you have while you haven't been made well? So Jesus calls the man. He, he, he reads through his lame excuse. Because this is the house of mercy, Jesus is about to express and display mercy on a man who's, who's been carrying his pain for 38 years. And Jesus says to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. Get up from your excuses. And walk in your healing. Lord God help me Jesus. You got up this morning. With your infirmity. That you've been dealing with for however long you've been dealing with it. And, and you made your way to the house of God. And, and you came all the way down the highways and the byways. And you, you broke speed limits. And you, you passed through stop signs. And you did everything to get to the house of God. And you made it to the house of God. You woke up this morning and you decided, I'm not going to the house of God this morning. I'm just going down to my computer. I'm going to turn on my smart TV. And I'm going to watch the services on TV. However you got there, you're here now. And the question is, do you want to be made well? That's the question this morning. And as the question is before us this morning, Jesus reads through your flail answer and says, rise up. Take up your bed and walk. Jesus is speaking to us this morning to get up from our excuses. Stop using excuses, Lord. Help me, God. I'm trying to bring you to wholeness. I'm trying to bring you to healing, but you've got to, you've got to get up. You can't keep laying down. You can't, you can't keep using those excuses. Rise up, he says. Take up your bed and walk. Walk in the healing that has already been made available for you. Now watch this. Your intellect is the first thing you've got to overcome. Because your intellectual ability says to you, I can't. I'm stuck. It's always been this way. You don't know what I'm going through. Jesus didn't ask for none of that. He said, do you want to be made well? Get up and start walking. Get up and start doing what you didn't think you could do. Do you want to be made whole since your divorce that broke up everything? Do you want to be made whole since the loss of your loved one that crushed your heart? Do you want to be made well from that heart attack, stroke, seizure, physical ailment that you're dealing with? Jesus says, rise, get up, take up your bed and start walking. But somebody is being spoken to. Out of this text, that you will experience healing 
at the house of mercy. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.